It's Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 with Damon Cotton and John Von Tobel. Whoa, I know I'm filling in, but you get first billing. What's going on here? John Von Tobel filling in for Q for today. As you notice, we're a little uh, little late. Las Vegas Aces put the beat down on a fetus mercury, so we get to a little bit later in the day. I'm a little unhappy, though. What's going on here? It's in the radio business, billing is important. And the name that comes first, what's that? What's happening? You want to do this? When I sent over the copy to Sylvia, I put my name first. And as I was typing it, I was like, you should probably put JVT's name first. And I was like, nah, I could just fix it. You know, and I was like, he won't care. You know, it's his last day. You know, he's, he's thinking about vacation. He doesn't care about who gets top billing. And that's exactly what I open up with. And I'm very <laughs> upset about it. I caught it immediately. Immediately. Yeah, I gotta go. I get to go on vacation, so this is not my last day here at the station. But uh, you know, you kind of get that that loopy feeling when you can see it. Like I've I've had a crazy busy day today, and like this is the end of it. And I love doing this show. Is it was fun yesterday. I'm looking forward to today's show. I think we have some good topics. But you kind of get that zany feeling where it's like you see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm ready. Have you already packed? No, I'm a last oh. I'm a last minute <laughs> packer. Do you pack or my my wife? She has. On so what's today? Wednesday. We're leaving tomorrow morning. Monday af- like afternoon, evening. Like the bags are like open on the bed. She's like folding laundry. I'm, I'm like, you're gonna need some of this clothes over the next two days. She was already packing on Monday, and then today when I leave, she's like, have you packed yet? I'm like, no, I'll do it tonight. Heck, I might do it tomorrow at four o'clock in the morning. I'm simple. <laughs> Just throw some shirts in a bag with some underwear, some shorts. Let's roll. I'm a simple guy. You're gonna end up forgetting something. I actually usually do. <laughs> Whether it's like contact fluid or, you know, glasses or some sort of electronic cable that I need, generally I will forget something, yes. How are your packing habits? Oh, I'm, the, I'm just like you, but I like to think that I don't need – whatever I forget, I'm like, I must not have needed it. Yeah, I'm generally one of those guys who's like, I'll get it to Target. Like, yes. In the, in the destination of wherever, you know, wherever we're going. You know, I also just don't like paying for bags. You know, I'm one of those – that's how the airlines get you. So that's why you got to travel light. Well, I am – so I'm going to open up a whole can of worms here. This is the first time where – so generally, so my wife, uh, her family, her mom and her dad and her brothers, they live up in Northern California. Uh, for those – yeah, hey, we got a lot of Oakland people that listen to this show, right? Some old school Oakland folks um, in the North California area. My wife is from a small farm town, kind of like Central North, uh, called Merced out there in California. By the way, 702-365-9200. We'll give you our topic here in a moment. 69187 r is the code word. Uh, text in if you've ever heard of Merced, California. Absolutely love it. But generally, we drive. But I was like, no more. No more six-and-a-half-hour drives. I'm done. So we're flying with a five-year-old who's going to be easy. Five-year-old's easy. And essentially a two-year-old. So it's going to be I'm a little – it's only like a 40-minute flight, but I'm a little nervous. Oh, 40 minutes, you'll be fine. Yeah, like I feel like it, right? Like my kid, the, the youngest shouldn't be a problem. I bought, like, the seats up front with the extra room so I can put them down on the ground if I need to. Oh, big time. Yeah, man. you know. Oh, my. That's breaking news right there. Extra, extra, extra 10 bucks each seat. You know, wow. got to do it. Got to do it. Make it good money here at R&R. Mm-hmm. I don't, actually, I don't know. I don't want <laughs> to step on any toes. Don't want to step on any toes. All right. Let's do it. Got me off guard. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So I want to, I feel like yesterday, I didn't lean on my strengths a lot. 
Okay, so I came in. We did a bunch of Raiders topics. Talked about Josh McDaniels. Made the case that, you know, shouldn't be on the hot seat. We talked about that, the article that was out there. So I want to kind of lean into my strengths a little bit more here today. And as I said, you know, we're going to learn more about each other here. And so one of my strengths is I cover the world of sports gambling. And it just so happens that we have a topic that ties into the National Football League. So this came down yesterday and got a little bit more on it this morning. Looks like the NFL is reinforcing its gambling policy to players in wake of a recent rash of violations. So this ties into a show topic that I wanted to ask our audience. It's just a simple question. Do you bet on NFL games? Why or why not? 69187, code word R&R. You can, again, call in 702-365-9200. Sports gambling is becoming more and more as part of, like, you know, the sports media culture. I mean, heck, we got the TV on. Watching my buddies. I know these people. I know these people on TV. I've shook in their hands. Shaken? Shook them? Shaken. Spoken to them. Uh, Daily Wager on ESPN. So, like, sports gambling is obviously a big thing. We see all the ads every single Sunday, especially when we're watching football, right? And it's also in the news because we are having a lot more of these players commit violations when it comes to sports betting. So with the reinforcement, the NFL is kind of boiling this down to, like, some basic rules. Don't bet on the NFL if you're a player. Don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Don't have someone bet for you. Don't share team Inside information. Don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. I'm going to address that maybe in a little bit. Not maybe. We will. Don't play daily fantasy football. I would assume they mean for money. Can you imagine if they're just like, nope, no fantasy. You can't do anything. No fun. I assume you can play regular fantasy for free. Yeah, but the daily fantasy, I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. That's that's, right. that's, That's specifically just for money. Cash money, baby. So this is kind of the part of... We enter this territory for the National Football League where Mike Florio has kind of been all over this, which is, does the NFL, or should the NFL, I'll ask you, should the NFL just ban all forms of sports gambling for its players? Because their rules are different for front office people, like non-player personnel. The players can't bet on the NFL and all of those intricacies, but they can bet on all the other sports as long as they're filling these parameters that we're talking about here with the, the rules that are out there now. But should the NFL just nip it in the bud and say, nope, you can't bet on anything? Nope. That, that, no, because the, the, the best thing that comes to my mind is that's un-American. The job can't dictate everything that you do. I mean, something that's like a sport that's not related to team sports at all. Like if you just think that you're the best guy with the best UFC knowledge in the NFL, if you're like, hey, man, I, oh, man, I, I love the UFC. I can't bet on the UFC? If I know that, man, this guy's going to clean this guy up, you know, he's an underdog, I can't put my $100 down on that. I'm just supposed to keep this knowledge to myself. That's not fair to the players. And also the NFL, it'd be hypocritical. The day that they say, hey, no more sports gambling, I expect him to drop all of the DraftKings, the fan duels, the daily wager, don't talk about the NFL on ESPN. They put, a foot, they put their foot down and say, gambling is tearing this league apart and we want nothing to do with it. The deal is going to earn the NFL with DraftKings. Let's see. NFL named Caesars DraftKings FanDuel as its first U.S. sports betting partners. According to the U.S. media reports agreements, all have three-year initial terms, two one-year options for the NFL. The deal will earn the league about $1 billion if the terms are completed. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, eh, yeah, we're not going to turn that down if we're the National Football League, right? So to your point, when you're talking about all of this, it's like, you can sit there and shake your fist and be like, you got to get rid of it. It's hypocritical to sit there and 
and not let non-player personnel bet on anything at all and then let these players do it. And you've got a problem because players keep getting in trouble. But to your point, how can you ever tell these guys not to do it when you're about to pocket maybe a billion dollars from all of these companies because of what you're doing? So it's this like weird dynamic because as somebody who covers sports betting and is kind of in it, right? I feel like there's a ju- like people like Mike Florio like to really jump on any sort of negative story when it comes to sports betting. There was a report last week that a player allegedly lost $8 million last year in gambling. $8 million in some form or fashion in terms of gambling. Uh, Isaiah Rogers, of course, cornerback for the Colts, one of the mm-hmm. most recent players to be um, under investigation. We know what happened with the Lions and everything like that. But this seems that this is on two, th- like two different parties. It's on the National Football League to start educating their players a little bit more about what the rules are and the intricacies of those rules. And it's on the players to just not be kind of dumb and understand what's going on here in terms of following the rules. And I was really surprised about it. Listen, I was reading some of the stories, you know, the story about, like, the NFL just reinforcing these. How about this? All rookies will now be required to attend mandatory education sessions, and a group of league officials is making in-person visits to team facilities to emphasize and clarify what activities are prohibited amid the rapid proliferation of sports gambling. All rookies will now be required. To attend mandatory education sessions. Why weren't they earlier? It, they didn't think it was that big of a deal. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when it comes to all this, because I feel like there's some sports media members. There's, there's a lot of people, and that's why I wanted to ask our audience. Like, do you bet on sports? You know, again, 702. I don't have the number memorized. I have to scroll through. 365-9200. Thank you. Or 69187, code word r It's why I wanted to ask our audience if they do bet, if they have interest in betting in NFL games. Because I do know that this is a new thing for a lot of people over the last couple of years. And some people don't like it. Some people don't like seeing all of the ads. Some people don't like watching ESPN and seeing the bottom line with betting odds for the teams. You know, we're watching the Padres-Giants thing. You know, they have the time. They have the two starting pitchers. And boom, just like that. What do you see underneath it? San Diego, minus 120 favorite. Even money coming back. Total on the game, eight. That's part of, like, every bottom line now. When it comes to it. And some people don't really enjoy it. And why I'm bringing this all up is because I just wonder if guys like Florio are kind of missing the point where it's like kind of shaking their fist and being like, he had a, you know, when one of his write ups, he's like, nobody wins when it comes to gambling. You can have fun with gambling if you're doing it the right way. It's, it's fun. It's gambling. It's there for a reason. I mean, we're here in Las Vegas, right? It's the strip, all of that kind of stuff, whether it's sports gambling or actually gambling at some of these machines. But I feel like the NFL kind of has to look at itself a little bit more here and be like, all right, we got to educate our guys a little bit more and understand like certain intricacies. Like I talked about, you know, the the, the uh, rule: don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. There's, I think, 18 NFL arenas that are going to have a sports book or are allowed to have a sports book in the arena in the stadium itself. Don't go in one during the season, though. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just on them. Don't go to work. You know, watch where you're treading. Tread lightly, especially if you're going to be in Vegas. Tread lightly. They don't want to hear that, hey, I was just stopping in because my buddy was in. I, I, I don't know, especially how strict this is. Because to me, when it's at these rules, if you want to uphold the integrity of the game, mm-hmm. maybe maybe just a one strike, you're out. If, that, if you want to take it that seriously, if you want your players to get the lesson, I think that would scare, that would scare the players straight. That if I bet on anything in NFL and they find out I'm gone for good. I don't know. It's where you can't just coddle people. It's, it's like we said with John McClain yesterday. He brought up the point. I would love to see what happens when this happens to a star. Mm-hmm. I don't like if it's a star that's just. Yeah, I'll put two hundred bucks on 
you know, uh, and, and out of division game that doesn't have anything to do with me. They're obviously right. not betting on themselves. But I would just love to see what would happen to a star player. Basically, it's, it had to be a quarterback. Yeah. Or, a t- you know, or one of those top or ten player guys. player of impact, yes. defensive player, end, whatever yes. it is. Yeah. But if it was just a quarterback, yeah, I'll put 200 bucks on it just for fun. I've got my DraftKings account. And let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and there are, I'm not saying this, it should be the Wild West. You know, like we, we brought up Isaiah Rogers. Isaiah Rogers was reportedly betting on Colts games. We don't know what end of it, but he was reportedly betting on Colts games. That's not something you can do. But it's just, the NFL is like, I almost want to say like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, where they're trying to like keep this at a distance while also taking in the money. And the NBA is a really good example. Like I like the NBA. And their most recent like CBA now that's been approved, players, and it's through like another party, but players are going to be allowed to invest in sports gambling companies. Some of them are allowed to be sponsored by sports betting companies. Players, active players. So like the NBA is, and they're doing it the right way. Again, players can't just do it themselves. There's a certain system that they have to go through to do it. But the NBA is doing it while also educating the guys and making sure that they can't cross the line. This is more like the NFL kind of doing that like tepid, like, mm, it's bad, but give me the money. And yes. I just, I don't really, that's, that you can't really have that both ways if you're the National Football League, I feel like. Yeah, you can't have it both ways, and you mentioned the NBA. Where it comes to just being a spokesman for something, how can the NFL take the money for something but then say, hey, players, we don't want you to be connected to it. We, I'm, we all remember the Jamie Foxx commercials with the MGM. Why can't mm-hmm. that be a player? Why isn't that a player? Right. Like, that makes no sense. But what does Jamie Foxx know about sports betting? I'm an actual player. I'm the one playing. Yeah. Where if it's just... You know, even if they're big up in themselves, you think I'm not going to get that over? You think I'm, you know, you think I'm not going to reach my my you know my season stats or whatever the whatever the over under is? Mm-hmm. Like, who knows better than the players to tell you to bet on me because I'm betting on myself? I mean, the ads write themselves, so it's just like you said, it's hypocritical, and they want to have their cake and eat it too. But then, like like a Mike Florio, where people are shaking their fist, but it's not the Wild West yet. But you just don't want players. Hey, guys, at the facility, I'm putting in a bet. Because mm-hmm. also, does it trickle down to college football? Not so much are these college kids also putting on the putting in on the bets. But insider information, that could be anything. Someone's just like, yeah, man, my ankle, my, my ankle's feeling a little bumped. My, right. Yeah, my ankle's a little messed up. Well, we had oh, a case really? of that in baseball. I remember the Alabama yes. coach. <laughs> yes. Where his buddy's on the phone with him at a sports book, <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey, our best pitcher's not going today. And the guy, and that's the thing, and this is the interesting part about all of this because that's why I think there's a good point to educate some people on sports gambling too. Because like the NFL, for example, so they have if there's part of what their routine here is too is if a player enters has an app uh, in their name because you're supposed to do it, they can track if that player has that app in their name and if they make a bet when they make a bet. All of these have geolocation because you got to be within legal state lines, and also it can get you like where you're down to if you're making it at home or anywhere else, so they know where you're at when you're making these bets. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you're looking at it from, like, the parameters, like the safety parameters here, there's a lot. Like, that baseball thing that we're talking about, that was caught. You know what I mean? So, like, there are parameters in place. So, when we talk about the Wild West, too, I think a lot of people also are like, hey, you know, gambling, rampant. This could be a bad for integrity. You don't know what these players are doing. Isaiah Rogers got caught. And we don't know if he was betting on himself, against, whatever. These guys got caught. So, there are parameters in place to make this somewhat safer. I just I, when you're looking at the way that this has gone down, it's become so new in all of these topics. Like everybody's just jumping on it. Like, hey, sports gambling, another player, another player. The NFL's got to educate themselves. How about this? Like, there was some confusion. We're talking about no team facilities. It sounded like some of these players didn't know that a hotel room on the road was considered a team facility. 
That's on the NFL to educate the guys. Yeah, that would have caught me up. Right, that that counts. That counts. you got to be able to do that. So everything could get fixed here. But hopefully as we move forward and the NFL starts to educate these players a little bit more, these will be less and less in terms of the stories about this. And guys like we're talking about Rodgers and others won't find themselves in trouble. Rodgers, though, of course, again, you cannot bet on games that you're playing on yourself. So speaking of gambling, again, kind of wanted to keep this in my wheelhouse for the most part. What does Raider Nation think of what the betting market thinks of the Las Vegas Raiders? Damon, when I tell you that the Raiders are the fourth choice to win the AFC West at 11-1 to with a win total of 7.5, very much when I say shaded to the under, the under is favored. At nearly minus 200. So you're betting $200 to win 100. When you hear those numbers, what do you initially think? Raiders disrespected by the betting market or not? Well, being on this station for a couple of years now, that sounds about right. Where the past three years, I don't think the, to- the totals have been that high for the Raiders. And also, you've got to think about the division. Chiefs, hey, they are the best team in the NFL. I mean, defending champs. The Chargers, they always have that little bit of a darling when it comes to the over-under totals. Where One year they're going to be the team. Yeah, one expects. year they're going to be one the year. team. And then people put their money on the Chargers to where they think that they're going to be that team. And the Broncos, I don't understand what it is about the Broncos, too, because they haven't beaten the Raiders in years. I'm not over-exaggerating. Haven't beaten the Raiders in years, but also with the Broncos, it's the Oh, yeah, but maybe they'll be a little bit better than they're projected to be mm-hmm. as well. So for me, these past couple of years since I've been with R&R 920, it seems like, yeah, the whoever is making the odds, the bookmakers, they don't believe in the Raiders. And I see why some fans, some members of Raider Nation have that mentality of, oh, they're against us. They don't want us to win. Because where it's just, I'm not saying they're just blowing over the over. You know, if you have them at seven and a half and they win eight mm-hmm. and you win that bet, you know, good, good you win that bet. But it's not like they were world beaters. But I just feel like for them to be fourth in the division, what's Denver done to, own that, to earn that third place spot? But mm-hmm. then at that point, it's really you're just splitting hairs. And the tough part for them, too, because they're also pretty big underdogs, or we'll call them decent underdogs, to make the playoffs. But the AFC is just – like, forget the AFC West. Like, look at the AFC as a whole. We know that there's – you mentioned in the division Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Jacksonville – the Chargers, the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Jets, the Browns. Like, these are all teams. The AFC is just so scrunched up with a bunch of teams that are so close to one another. It's wild to see what the AFC is going to eventually become. And it could open a door for a team like the Raiders. You know, the year that they made it to the playoffs, they were winning these coin flip spots, right? These one-score games like crazy. Maybe that happens again, but it speaks to – It's not. I don't even think it's so much of a lack of belief – in the Las Vegas Raiders, as it is, it's like, man, you look around the AFC, you can only project teams so high. Yes. You know, like even a team like the New York Jets, look, I think the market's a little high on the Jets. The Jets' win total is nine and a half, and they're barely favored to make the playoffs. They're favored, but they're, it's this very small favored price to make it in the postseason. And I think that's the team that's got a rude awakening coming for it. Because all of these teams are just so close to one another, as we, the cliche goes, any given Sunday. It's going to be brutal for any of these teams to make it into that seven or six seed. Yeah, and that's the problem where, where you do the schedule game. The schedule release, the NFL, they've made a, an entire market around it. But when you do the schedule game, if you do it for, let's just say, a conference, somebody's got to lose these games. Where when we all want to look at it, you watch ESPN, and right now they have the AFC, West, the AFC East up in, the, in those odds. I think the Dolphins are going to be pretty good. And then, hey, 
Now Mac Jones, he's going to have a, an official offensive coordinator in Preach. Bill O'Brien, where it's, oh my gosh, maybe the Patriots are going to be. I know so, we don't want to hear that on Raider Nation Radio, but I, just, <laughs> I think they're a very under, you mentioned it, they're a very undervalued team with what Mac Jones is getting as an offense. If they get Hopkins, their defense was very good last year. I would agree. Yeah, so for me, as a, for me, I'll speak for the public, the general betting public, how are you supposed to know you pick those four teams and it's like, I can make the case for each one of them to maybe win the division. Right. Or make it, or just make it to the playoffs. Yes. Like, it's, it's, it's wild what the AFC is going to be. And so teams like the Raiders, you know, we talked to, I can't remember who our caller was or our texter was the other day, or yesterday, when we asked about what the perfect scenario would be. Like, the perfect season. Oh, that was Jim from Yonkers. Right, yeah. Jim from Yonkers. And what was it? It was, hey, make it to the playoffs, maybe win 10 games. And it was like, well, that's a perfect season. I mean, it speaks to just what the AFC has totally become. And then in a quarterback league, where you're talking about Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, you mentioned Herbert, all of these guys. Like it's, it is. I, I think the Raiders have an uphill climb to make it to the playoffs this year. But part of that isn't just because of their own, because I don't really agree with the ton of the roster construction stuff. But part of it's also you're just looking around. It's you know you're in you're in um you know you're into fighting and combat sports. You just got a bunch of guys in your weight class yep. that you're going to have to go up against. And sometimes when you're fighting guys where it's an even match, that's tough, dude. It's really tough. Yeah, so, it's, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and it's tough to predict who's going to win that. Where we're talking about the odds of, let's say, with the initial question, do you bet on sports gambling? I don't really like futures that much because I don't know. Let me let me watch some football because it's good. Like you're you're going with the numbers, but if you're like, hey, Demond, do you feel confident on plus fifteen hundreds for the Jets? I don't know a thing. Mm. I need to see somebody play some football first. Where you get to look like you get to look brilliant if you were the person to say before the NBA season, I believe that this is the Joker's year. You know, the NBA is not looking. Were you that guy? I uh, I have. So every year I write an NBA. Like I said, I'm, I'm one of our NBA. I'm our NBA writer and lead analyst over there. Yeah. I write an NBA betting guide for the season before it starts. And I wrote an article about if you're going to make three bets on a team to win the finals, these are the three. It was the Clippers, the 76ers, and the Denver Nuggets. I'm a genius. Anybody, anybody call or text you with a thank you? Actually, somebody did on Twitter. Like the, <laughs> the, day, the day the Nuggets won, because I had actually forgotten that I wrote the article. And so the day the Nuggets won, somebody sent me a screenshot of the bet that they made like back in October. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Thank you for reading, but that's really cool that you actually took that advice. That's dope. I like it. Man, you gotta you gotta start propping yourself up. Vison's gotta be like, hey right. man, this is our guy. Is- you know, lead NBA analyst, I mean. When he speaks it, it's gospel. That's right. It's truth. Fact. So, ultimately, again, want everybody to kind of learn more about me. I'm a sports gambling guy, and that's why we opened up with this. It was a topic in NFL circles today. But also just want to hear from people. Again, 69187, code word R&R, 702-365-9200. The two-part question for you on the topic for the day. Do you bet on sports? Why or why not? And what do you think of what the betting market thinks of the Raiders who have a 7.5 win total and are the fourth choice to win the AFC West? That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Damon Cotton and John Von Tobel. Here on Unnecessary Roughness, filling in for Q, who's out on vacation. No name on that one. No, it's true. Yeah, could be anybody. Uh, it could be anybody. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I opened up the show. We were talking about a lot of different topics, a lot of it tied to sports betting. One of the topics I opened up with, though, because I know that a lot of Raider faithful have some ties up in the NorCal area, 
I asked you guys to chime in. 69187, code word R&R. Have you ever been to Merced, California? Driven through it, stopped by. Somebody has? Somebody responded? Yeah, we got somebody. This is from the 707. I'm from Vallejo. I know Merced, and it's a ish hole. Sorry, not sorry. I feel like that's unfair for the wonderful town of Merced. I like going there. Now, maybe it's because I'm a city boy, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like going out there and check. You know, there's a lot of, like, farm. It's like a big farm area, you know, what's really trippy. You know what I love to do? You know when you're going on road trips and you, you're driving by those big farms and it's like that weird visual effect where it's all the rows straight down and you're driving by them? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh, yeah. Love it. Absolutely love farm country. So, so is it really a farm town? I mean. Oh, yeah. No, it's 100% a farm town. I, I, I'm from uh, – from the 707 in Vallejo. Text back some more with your thoughts on this town because I need to get some. I need to see why you think it's an ish hole. I mean, it's not and like. JVT thinks, you know, it's a great place. Great farm town. It's just, it's not like, like we'll put it this way. Was it like two years ago? They were excited because they got a Dutch bros. So, like, it's not the most advanced civilization when they're really excited about a Dutch bros. You know what I'm saying? But it's a good town. They got some cool spots out there too. There's a really nice sports bar out there. It's actually in an in, in area kind of north. It's called Atwater. I, I consider it all the same. Is it north or south? One of the two. I think it's north. Love Merced Kelly. Take your word for it. All right. Come on. Raider Nation knows what I'm talking about. They've all been out there. It's kind of in the Fresno area. We know, we know. It's a great spot. It's As great someone spot. who went to high school in Pahrump, I can't really talk. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah. See? Exactly. They were excited when we got that tropical smoothie. Did you see the news? I sent this over. Did you see it? Lay it on me. There's so many things you send over. The most powerful minority owner in sports has spoken. We had somebody text in yesterday and laugh at me. Said I was crazy. No, somebody called in. Excuse me. Said I was crazy if I thought that Tom Brady had any say in what was going to go on with the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, Tom Brady has spoken. The most powerful minority owner next to Michael Jordan, who, by the way, that story, I don't know if you saw this, Michael Jordan, again, to the point where minority owners do have some power because they're awesome at their particular sport. Apparently, Michael Jordan helped finalize this election at number two for the Charlotte Hornets. Minority owner. Having you, power. Yesterday, you were talking about it. It's been a thing all offseason that Brandon Miller was going to be the guy. But he had the final say, according to reports. It's Michael Jordan. He's the GOAT, much like Tom Brady. Might have a little bit more say. But he actually he was asked by the AP a lot of different questions. But he, he was asked, why did you decide to invest in the Raiders? His quote, I already owned them throughout my years, so why not really? No, I'm just kidding. No, I made that one up. <laughs> I grew up in the Bay Area. My favorite team was the 49ers. Team across the Bay was the Raiders. And you know, they're an iconic NFL franchise. When I look at a lot of people that have impacted the NFL over a long period of time in the most positive way, Al Davis is one of them. And he's not with us anymore, but I've heard incredible stories. And then the opportunity came about to become a minority owner in the Raiders, and it was a dream come true. I'll be playing a very passive role. Don't read into that. Don't read into that quote. Okay, Don't believe him when he says he's going to play a passive role. And it's something I'm interested in doing for the rest of my life. Not something I'm into for a year or two years. You know, I've got a lot of responsibilities. It's my Fox job, which I take very seriously. But if I'm looking over the course of my life to have the opportunity to be involved in the NFL as a dream come true, and if I could help the NFL and continue to contribute in a positive way, then you know it's been a very enjoyable part of my life. Ignoring the passive role thing. The biggest lie hmm. in that whole quote from Tom Brady. Okay. I take my Fox job very seriously. I'm glad you centered in on that one. <laughs> 
first off, was, didn't he report it, like, push it back a year because yeah. he wanted to take another year? Whatever. Do you think he's going to be good? Not only do I not think that he's going to be good, I don't think he wants to do it. I think it was something that were like, how much was it? Like $300 million? Who can turn down that type of money? And then mm. it's like, mm, I'm actually retired now. They want me to come and do what I, what I signed this contract to say what I was going to do. Right. I think he'd be good, you know, in studio, you know, like, you, you know, a big round table pregame show. But not on the actual games because that's what he's going to do. No, yeah, so I don't, I don't think he's going to be that color guy that's going to just give us what we want. Tony Romo, people are already getting a little bit annoyed with him. Well, that's because Romo, though, Romo's like, the reason why people are getting annoyed with Romo is because he's like way over the top, right? It's almost like how I'm acting today because I'm really excited because I got some time off coming up. But it's like over the top. It's like, oh, Jim, here it comes, Jim. Huh? Yeah, I don't know about that, Jim. Right, exactly. Or it was, for a while, people really liked the calling the plays before it happened. And then because, you know, what's the Batman quote? You always see, long, see yourself live long enough to become the villain. Yeah, exactly. It's always the same thing where people loved it at first. And then it was like, all right, enough. We get it. You can predict it. Please stop. So I wonder what – I'm just very curious what Tom Brady the personality is going to be. Is he going to be over-the-top funny guy like Tony Romo bringing with some of the analysis? Is he going to be like who I think is awesome, whose name uh, – Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. Greg Olson I think is great, who took over the uh, number one color analyst job this year. And, uh, and Tom Brady's going to take it from him. Yes, he's going to he comes it from in, his yeah. hands. So – I, I just wonder what kind of guy we're going to get from Tom Brady. Super buttoned up dude. Killed it in Ted 2. That, that's what you're basing this off of? He was great. And the lines that were written for him. The lines that, yeah, but, he, but you have to act them. See, if I gave you lines, you're not guaranteed to hit them. It's like the one time when I was in second grade and I tried out for the school play. They gave you a little sheet and you had to read the line. But I didn't understand that it was a line. They didn't explain it to me. So they were like, read it. And I got nervous and I just looked down at the paper and I read it. Like just like I'm reading a book, I didn't get the part. You got to be able to deliver, and Tom Brady delivered in Ted Two. He could be entertaining. I'm not really familiar in Ted Two. How integral was he to the part? He was like it was like a two minute scene. Because I, I, in this article, he also mentioned uh, 80 for Brady. And uh, that's I haven't a, seen that. That's a film I'm never going to see. Never, never. That's the minority owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. We're on Raider Nation Radio. I feel like that's journalistic integrity. You have to go watch it. For what purpose? What does that serve the audience? I mean, he's a member of the Raiders family now. Got to support. I'm supporting enough um, Carl Weathers. You know, he's a member of Raider Nation. I've seen a lot of his, you know, a lot of things that he's been part of. Okay. <laughs> I Big think, Rocky guy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very, I've, I'm not going to open the can of worms. What? I, I didn't think Rocky was that good of a movie. What about Rocky 2? I haven't seen it. That's it doesn't three is three and four. I haven't seen it. You, what, so you just watched the first Rocky and you said I'm out. I, my wife made me watch the first Rocky. Okay, and I was I was like, ah, this is this is really boring. Well, yeah, it's a little slow. You know, it's a love story. He harassed her at the pet store every day. Don't look at this with your 2023 goggles. Stockholm syndrome. It was ridiculous. She he forced Adrian into the relationship. We can't do it. It's a can of worms, and I get people upset with my movie takes. I don't really like old movies, but I'm not, I'm not a movie guy in general. Like, I don't watch a ton of movies anyway. Well, you really just upset me, man. Because well, you're energy, in combat sports. You're all into that stuff. If I, I mean, had the yeah. energy to go above, over the top right now, I would. Because you got to at least watch Rocky Three, man. Mr. T? You know who Mr. T is, right? I know who Mr. T is. Better get that bad look on your face. Boy, I knock it off. I mean, come, iconic. Rocky Four. if he dies, he dies? I know that line. If he dies, he dies. Right? 
Yeah. That's how I feel. I feel like there's like a there's like an indifference in that statement, right? Much like I feel like there might be an indifference. There's an indifference when it comes to Derek Carr now, right, with the Las Vegas Raiders fandom. Say that again. Hold on. I was reading the text. We just what, do we got? Te- what do we got? We just got a text. Yeah, this is from Jim from Yonkers. Yep. That was somebody else yesterday. Can't take credit for that caller. Text, I do boxes in the local bars and a survivor okay. pool, which seems so easy until you enter it. Last week, last week one, last season. Oh, lost week one last yeah. season. I do not regularly gamble. Raiders are behind half the AFC right now until we go out on the field and prove otherwise. I would take the over once mm-hmm. I knew Jimmy G was healthy. NBA trivia. What player from New York was drafted in 87 and traded on draft day for Scottie Pimpin? Hit, hint. JT has him as a guest from time to time. No Googling. LOL, thank you for a great show. I have. Who does JT have on for? That, that, was the bar, that, that wasn't a good hint. No? Do you know who he's talking about? No. <laughs> 87? Come on. <laughs> Scottie Pippen? Um... Was it from Mark, New York. Wasn't Mark Jackson drafted in 1987? I have to look that one up. Before traded time. on draft day for Scottie Pippen. Though. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I have to look that one up. That's a good question. By the way, Jim seems like a very reasonable man when it comes to his expectations for his favorite team. Yes. Chop it up with Jim a lot. And he was talking, by the way, the first part of his text mm-hmm. was referring to, I was asking a lot of people, do you bet every day or what is it? Do you bet a lot? Do you like it? Sounds like he plays some Survivor. Survivor's tough. Yeah. Like you said, first week you could go in, lose first week, done. There's a you know, there's a survivor contest here in Las Vegas. It's very popular. Thousand dollar entry over at Circus Sports. You know quite a few people that were in, got knocked out week one. You know anybody that's gotten close to winning? Not personally. I have met the guys who have been close to winning in certain years. Okay. Last year. Is there a strategy? Uh, once you get down to like a certain part of it, yes. I mean, there's there's so many different ways that you can attack it because also you have to remember. Once you use a certain team, yeah, you can't use, can't them, use them again. So you want to like save those teams. You know, there's I don't think they have it this year, but there was a year that you got a bonus prize for using or for not using like the Chiefs, for example. You know, some of the best teams, you got a mm-hmm. bonus prize if you got that. Um, and this year, they're not doing it. They're doing it every week, but they're also including Thanksgiving and Christmas as their own separate weeks. So in totality, there's technically 20 weeks of Survivor over there at Circa. That's crazy because then you have to make sure yeah. that you got the teams that are playing on those holidays still in your back pocket to use by the time you get there. And that's even if you get there. Yeah, Survivor's great. Yeah, that sounds too hard. There's, but there's a lot of strategies. A lot of strategies. We'll have to look up the, um, the question about the Knicks. But I, I, I was bringing up the indifference for one Derek Carr. We'll save it. But uh, there was a New Orleans Saint that promised to bring Derek Carr back to Las Vegas as a representative of the NFC in the Super Bowl. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 with DeMond Cotton and John Von Tobel. Mm, I don't know about that. Should I pull uh, what I did the other day on ESPN Las Vegas? Go ahead, lead it. Come on. No, because I don't have the ego. I mean, <laughs> That's a good I, I don't have the ego. I, you know, I'm cool. You know, I'm cool with being the number two. Clearly. You know. Since you requested liners with your name first, I mean, uh, we got someone Willie. had to make the request. We got we got Willie pretty good there. The second I asked him to start leading that show, oh boy, he was stumbling and bumbling. I don't know. I don't know if you if you just go back and listen to Cofield and Company on your free time. But the first segment right out of the gate, I know that Steve doesn't do segments, but the first fifteen sure. minutes right out of the gate, he's just playing back 
the clips from Friday of Willie. What was going on? <laughs> yeah, Willie had probably one of the worst sports takes I've ever heard in my life. And he asked him about it. Which was, he wanted the Aces to be part of the Vegas Golden Knights parade. A, an abysmal sports take. I don't even know what the point is. The, the part where well, did it, he try to defend himself? Because Steve told me that he was going to play him back. I haven't gotten back to go. I haven't gotten the chance to go back. And he didn't try to defend himself. It came off as more of just, I don't care. Yeah, because he doesn't have a response. Yeah, one of, those, one of the worst sports takes ever. You think I, 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 this is the part where I was just like, oh, man, you can't be that. That, that that's no fun. He was like, at six oh four, by the time I'm on the two fifteen, I forget about this show, <laughs> and it's. Well, that's no fun. Okay. Nobody likes I'm too cool, guys. That's because you're not, and you just don't know what to say, and so that's how you respond when you got nothing. Now, for example, I'm never too cool. So I, I noted that the only reason that I watched, uh, I watched Rocky was because my wife made me watch it. Kalani checked in on Twitter, said, if your wife is the one who forced you to watch Rocky, you definitely closed the fridge with your hips. To which I responded, guilty as charged. I am who I am, and I will not, I will not back away from it. Is that just when your hands are full, or even if you don't even have anything? Even when I just want a little zest. Yeah. Bam. Nothing in my hands. Sometimes I open the fridge just to close it with my hips. That's all I'll do. Take that, Kalani. Exactly. You won't shame me. You won't shame me. Yeah, we saw, I mentioned this going out. So Cam Jordan said that, you know, look, it's funny, we, um, we see these players all the time, and we make comments, and it's so weird what we want from players and what we don't want. And I was actually going to mention this yesterday. We didn't get a chance to get to it. But there was, like, the comments coming out of Green Bay, and Pat McAfee got all excited on his show. They were like, man, they really, these players really like Jordan Love. That's a good thing to hear. Packers players love Jordan Love. What are they going to do? Yeah, he sucked today. I don't know what our future is going to be like, man. He's terrible. Of course you're going to be overly positive. The guy making his first stint into being a starting quarterback, you're not going to be, even if he did stink, you're not going to be overtly negative. I don't know. Ask the Jets last year. Oh, there was some of that. Uh, a little bit of that, yeah. Also, where, where they, what they, they wore the, uh, the Mike White shirts right yeah. at one point. Okay, there was. But also, here's the thing, though. It was pretty clear that Zach Wilson's like kind of unlikable. Right? Is that fair? Yeah, when, when, they, when it was like a 6-9 to nine game, and it's like, could you have done more to help out the team? I don't know. I think everybody could have done more. <laughs> right. No, no. Then he like even flat out like, no, I don't feel like that. And, like you, like I think like like four of your points were safeties, bro. Like what do you mean? Like, no, of course you could do more. Of course you could do more. So I brought that up because Cam Jordan, uh, he was on Sirius XM NFL and said that he's bringing Derek Carr back to Las Vegas, but only because the Super Bowl this coming year, of course, is here in Las Vegas, and he's going to bring him back. They're going to rep the NFC and they're going to win. Would feel like this is a dangerous question. Would Raiders fans be happy if Derek Carr won a Super Bowl with the Saints this year? Not a chance. No, right? No. Okay, that's what I thought. N- no. 69187, co-work R&R. <laughs> Simple yes or no. I mean, you can elaborate if you want. Oh, no, here's the here's the point. Um, I think that there were a couple of people that, D.C. didn't deserve this, D.C., oh, my gosh. Right, there's how like they- two really distinct camps yeah, in this how, thing. How could they get rid of D.C.? And it's like, hey, guys, that's in the past. you got to move on. You know, the team did what the team thinks is going to be best for this coming season and going forward with Coach McDaniels. And I think that if you're a fan of the team, that's how you got to be, unless you're one of those people, wherever Derek Carr goes, I go. And if that's that's who you are, that's fine too. But you can't be a fan of the team and just keep trying to eat those member berries of, 
hey, how good it was with Derek Carr. Because in all honesty, member no, no matter member? <laughs> <laughs> no matter whose fault it was last year, the team wasn't that good with him as the quarterback. Right. So, like, yeah, you just can't. Oh, man, I remember when he did that. Oh, you remember the game that got <laughs> us into the playoffs? Yeah, those are some great memories. But it was nine years he had his time. So I don't think that teams would be, if the Raiders, you'd say, make the playoffs. or mm. Let's say at best the Raiders make the playoffs, but Derek Carr is going to the Super Bowl. I don't think that you're going to see a lot of four Raider jerseys out there. Just That's a good point. At least he did it. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it depends on the season, right? If, if it's like the perfect season, they win 11 games and, like, lose in the AFC Championship game, the Raiders, and then the Saints go on to win the Super Bowl, it's a little, a little bit of an easier pill to swallow because at least you won a couple of playoff games and you, you had a good season. I'll say this. Were you just rooting it up for Peyton Manning? or how I don't know how hardcore of a nah, Colts fan are you when he was with the Broncos. Were you just, yeah, Peyton? I wasn't doing that, but that's a little different because his his time, the first off, he was obviously a much better quarterback for his team. And, than, and, than and you guys got, still got rid of him. And, and cause, but that was, remember, it was a health issue. There was the, the nerve injury in his neck, and you didn't know if he was going to be the same guy. Still put up better numbers than Aaron. And Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, you know, One year, all right? Don't yeah. start about Andrew Luck. Don't start about Andrew Luck. Sorry. I watched I watched Andrew Luck's last playoff game, former uh, NFL general manager Michael Lombardi's home in Ocean City in the living room. It's the last time I'll ever watch it. <sighs> I'll always remember where I was. I'll always remember where I was. Also, just a name drop. I just yeah. wanted to do it. How cool was that? I look a little cooler to a lot of these people. Father of Raiders offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. Bam. That's why you make the connection. That's why you're here. That's why you get first billing. That's why you get first billing. So the NFC, I wanted to tie this in. A lot of people are high on certain teams in the NFC that I don't really get. But I did come around on one team a little bit more today. Did you see the Lions' new helmets? The alternate helmets that they're going to be wearing? Yeah, I did. Now, I will say, as a society... We never really like new things when it comes to our sports teams. I'm going to say I like the new helmet, 90% of it. I like the color of the helmet. Uh-huh. The color's awesome. Is that, what is it? Hon- Honolulu blue, I think, is the official like, designation of blue. Colts are Air Force blue. This is Honolulu blue. But I will say, I'm trying not to laugh. The one thing that I don't understand about the helmet, what's going on with the lion's arm? If you really look at it, you see how like oddly stretched out it is? Yeah. He's like, reaching for it. I guess he's reaching for something. But I dig this. And it made me think, first off, do you like the helmet? Uh, not so much. Are those oh. two lines, is that supposed to be a Mustang? Is that like a Ford um, connection? Yeah, so they did like they did like a whole thing where they had a tweet and a picture of like explaining everything on it. Uh, the lines were designed to celebrate the, the Lions' 90th season. So I guess I don't know what the two lines represent, but like apparently on their 90th season logo, they have these two lines, and that's what those lines are there for. Yeah, I think the Mustang thing would have been cooler or something. I hmm. mean, you know, having that Ford connection. They're going to be worn with the all-gray alternate uniforms. So that's that's even be- worse. What do you mean? I would like it. I think no, I would just you like can't go blue on blue. I think I would like it all blue. Nah, you can't go blue on blue. Too much. But it did get me thinking. I used to like those NFL color rush jerseys that they would bring out on Thursdays. So this is one of my favorite topics. I love stuff like this. Because you're right, the color rush uniforms were dope. But what you have to look this up. Remember the old school AFL ones that they brought out? Mm-hmm. Dude, the, like the Raiders ones were awesome. Those are the ones they have to bring back. The This might, I don't want to garner any, you know, I don't want to make anybody angry. 
It's an AFC West rival. But I was one of the few. I liked the brown and yellow getup for the Denver Broncos. With, like, you know, the striped socks? Remember yeah, you, those? Were the, you were the only one. I liked them. But those AFC West unis, or the AFC, like, or the, excuse me, the AFL uniforms, yeah. what happened to those? NFL's got to get back in this business. They can't be trying to capitalize on nostalgia too much. Nothing is better in Madden than picking yeah. your uniform. Yeah. Since me being a Titans fan, I love those Oilers uniforms. Oh, right? See? Man. Wouldn't, wouldn't you love to watch them? Because they don't wear those, right? They don't throw, throw those back at all. I don't remember. No. But they did have them around like the you know that AFL right time when they were just throwing, throwing out those dope, those throwbacks. You got to bring those back. Those are dope ones too. This is the future. Get me some more swag so I can go buy some stuff, and I can give you my money. Are you a sucker for advertising like that? They're like limited lim- limited release. I mean, it's cool. Like it depends. No, not limited release, but like if it's a cool enough design. Like one of my biggest regrets is the year that Andrew Luck got drafted. Those draft caps, I'll have to look up an old picture and show you. Those are really cool, and I wanted to get those, but I never got one. It just said, like, the team, the city name across it in, like, some pretty bold font. So it was, like, Indianapolis, and, like, that was it. It was, like, a pretty simple design. It was really nice. I think – I'm sure you could find – you sure you have uh, not the paying, I'm not paying the extra money for that. <laughs> I, uh, trust me, I looked it up. I'm not paying the extra. Just like I'm not paying $5 for Jello shots. We talked about this yesterday. I didn't realize how much these were. For people who don't know, the College World Series is going on right now. LSU fans, and this is as of Monday, bought a total of 21,435 Jello shots, set the record over there in Omaha. So let's see, 21,345 times five. It's $4,269. Is that right? Ooh. No, that's not right. Hold on, hold on. 21,365 times five. I think it hit divides. That's $106,825 on Jello shots. I'm out. I'm jealous. You're jealous? That I didn't think about this jello shot idea before. Maybe three for 15. That, no, that wasn't a steal because it was just $5 a pop anyways. Well, I was walking through uh, the casinos on Saturday going to the parade. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had the, yeah, you, I forgot yeah, you had the jello so, shot running. 21435 And that's just as of Monday. LSU is actually playing today. So, like, the fans are still out there racking up this bill. Over $100,000 worth of jello shots. That's a little too much. I get they're all out there and celebrating. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, after like three, not three, yeah, man. After three, I'd be like, I'm done. That's enough jello shots. But then you already spent $15. Might as well get him more. Might as well keep going. Just like you might as well keep going. We've got another hour of unnecessary roughness on the way. When we come back, you know, we talked a little bit about gambling at the top of the show. Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus does a great job covering the National Football League for PFF from a gambling perspective, but also one of their data guys. So we get his thoughts on the AFC West from like an analytics and numbers perspective. Where do the Raiders stand in the big picture in the AFC?